On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. Leaving out the avocado in your salad to save money is not good for morale or your fiber intake. Luckily, State Farm knows the value of the little things. It's why they've got options, like insuring your home and ride with surprisingly great rates on both. Because you shouldn't have to give up what you love for great insurance. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Wednesday, October 13th. And we are hungover from a opening night in the NHL, getting us going from a... Uh, uh, for a new season, 2021-2022 underway. Uh, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and momentarily Jimmy Murphy as well. Uh, two games uh, last night and a five-game NHL slate to look forward to on this uh, Wednesday night. Before we get to the Wednesday night card, break it down. Uh, five games, five. Every game on tonight's card I'm very intrigued by. So this could be a very, very uh, exciting, entertaining night of hockey. But it was great, Alex, last night to have the NHL back. And uh, just more than anything about the games, like briefly about the games, I mean, Tampa Bay-Pittsburgh, I, I feel for ESPN and that that was not the most exciting barn burner opening night uh, game that you could ask for. It was the very first game of the season, obviously, being the first of the doubleheader last night. And boy, in terms of uh, excitement level, that was about a three, uh, that game. And I think I might be generous. Uh, out of 10 after that. Uh, it was just a very dull uh, game. Pittsburgh wanted it that way, and I understand why Pittsburgh played that way. I mean, without Crosby, Malkin, and Gensel, arguably your three best forwards, how are you going to play? How are you going to try to win games? Well, you're going to try to win games by making sure you take care of your own zone first. And boy, did Pittsburgh do that. I was impressed. I mean, they smothered Tampa Bay all night. There was no time for a play to be made through the n- neutral zone. There was no time for a crisp, sharp pass to be made for anybody on the lightning when they were on the ice. And you credit the Penguins for that. Just time and space was completely taken away from the Tampa Bay Lightning throughout that game by Pittsburgh. It was a clinic defensively, and it was just exactly the way Mike Sullivan prior to that game was talking about playing, uh, that they needed to really take care of their own end uh, in order to withstand you know, the beginning of the season without some key artillery up front. And they got some of their depth forward stepping up. Dominic Simone scoring, uh, Danton Heinen getting the first goal. And Brian Boyle, who made the team on a PTO, a player tryout at 36. I know Sean McDonough talked about the story of him uh, somehow making the team. And for him to score in the very first game of the year, very cool story there. And look, Pittsburgh, full marks for the win. Uh, and uh, John Cooper had great, uh, things to say after the uh, press conference already the first game of the year and we already had an entertaining press conference it's like we watched the banner getting raised up to the rafters and then we watched a team want to win a hockey game right after that uh, we did a lot of watching tonight he said 
that's pretty true by uh, John Cooper. But full march yeah. to Pittsburgh, a big underdog winner if you had the guts to take the Penguins last night uh, at that plus price. And, uh, you know, it's a reminder that maybe I should just stay away from these opening night banner-raising games because some nights the team comes out flying and, and they put the boots to the opponent. We've seen that happen before. And, and on the flip side, uh, you see situations where the team is flat as a pancake. Yeah, Take a guess which one Tampa was. Uh, last night and then the second game Seattle Vegas uh and g- luckily for their crew uh John uh, Buchagross and uh Brian Boucher a little bit more jump and pep in that game uh Seattle and Vegas for sure and credit the Kraken I mean they came back from an early deficit couldn't have started worse they're down two nothing midway through the first period but they battled back uh I was impressed with uh how they really got some for checking pressure in the offensive zone, better and more of it throughout the game against a Vegas team that usually is pretty reliable when they get a lead defensively. Not so much last night. And look, for Robin Leonard, I thought he could have been better. You know, he was okay. He wasn't great. And for him, it's a proving ground. It's his team now. There's no safety net of Marc-Andre Fleury anymore. Although they do have a nice backup in Laurent Brossois, who they got in the offseason. But, you know, it's going to be up to Leonard to not only play well, play a lot of games and play steady. And, you know, for Vegas, a little shaky trying to protect that lead, but they rescue themselves after Seattle tied it and they hang on for a four to three win. Very uh, entertaining game there. But uh, and overall thoughts on the coverage. Ray and Ray Ferraro is outstanding. I mean, I've, I've, I've sung the praises of Ray Ferraro forever. Uh, him and Sean are going to be a good lead crew. I feel bad for Sean. Sean said people saying Sean wasn't as excited enough. He will. Don't worry about excitement level with Sean. He'll get there. You're going to get excited about that game. That game was awful, to be honest with you. It's unfortunate they didn't have a more exciting game, but he'll be fine. And then, of course, the uh, Butchagross did good with Boucher. The cameras, Alex, we talked about that off the air. I thought, you know, the overhead camera was a little bit bad, a little bit rough, but I thought the camera sitting on the partition right above the glass, which gave you, it's almost like you're looking straight down on the ice and you could get a very good perspective uh, of the action going on right below you. Uh, I thought that was really good. Uh, Alex, your thoughts on the two games and the overall coverage from ESPN and their return with the NHL. Yeah, you know, we'll start with the coverage. The the intro they had was great. They showed, uh, you know, how the uh, the NHL theme was composed uh, years ago and had, you know, the, the showing the different players listening to, the, to it. And it's, you know, crazy to think about how, you know, those 16 years had gone by, you know, with, uh, you know, no hockey on ESPN. So there's a whole generation, literally, that doesn't remember uh, you know, the, the you know, they said Gary Thorne and Bill Clement in those days. And, and it just shows you how much the game has changed from a production level, from, you know, I mean, everything down to the uniforms. We got new teams. There's, everything has changed. It was just a, a great reflection moment uh, in that aspect. But like you said, some of the camera angles were a bit wonky. They got to kind of feel their way out and, and get different things. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, the announcers, you know, Everyone loved Doc Emmerich, obviously. And, and one of the things that I always had a knock on him with him was he would try to make something exciting that just simply wasn't. And, and Sean McDonough didn't do that with a, a dull game in Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay. And that, you know, yeah, okay, if it's not I an agree exciting with that. Game, what do you want him to do? Scream his right. damn head off when there's nothing yeah. going on? Come on. Right. <laughs> they, you know, and if, if you're a person who doesn't watch hockey and you turned in, you tuned into that game, it's going to be hard to explain, you know, that's not a game that normally happens. Those two teams, one, don't play in that style of uh, fashion often. You're not going to see Tampa Bay uh, usually lay an egg like that. Although I think that is going to happen more than once this year with this Tampa team because of, uh, you know, we, we talked about in the Eastern Conference preview, the way, the style that they've played, the amount of games they've played in these condensed schedules, two Stanley Cup runs. 
many years with extended playoff runs, they're going to, when they lose some games, they're going to get blown out and look terrible in a few of them. So that's something to, to keep an eye on. But uh, it's just an awkward game. I mean, you had, you know, Tampa pull their goalie with five and a half minutes left in the third. They get a goal to get on the board, and make it 3 1. Then they end up giving up three more goals than empty net. And then they score another goal than empty net. So, uh, you know, my condolences if you had the under, something Brutal that should cash easily. And, and it just sailed over out of nowhere because uh, Tampa just decided to, you know, run without a goalie for well over five minutes. And, you know, hopefully this is a trend of teams will be able to hit their empty nets uh more often than not that's something we have been seeing in the last few years where uh you know empty net goals had, had you know kind of been uh coming few and far between so it was just a, a really weird game like i said not the the lid lifter that espn exactly wanted but game two was awesome uh in my opinion and seattle i think that's the style we're gonna see from seattle they're gonna you know probably get down in some games early but they're gonna fight back they're gonna battle through because they're a defensive team they know how to shut things down uh, and they're going to be able to take advantage of some situations where they can get some odd man rushes going and, and get back into a game. Uh, so they're definitely going to be a team, especially as far as in-game wagering goes. Uh, you're going to want to look for them when they're down. They're not going to be completely out of a game. They're going to uh, give it their all more often than not. Uh, like I said, Vegas played a, a great game, and that crowd really had them uh, hyped up in that, that first period. I, I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't have the first period over uh, in, in that game because I, that energy I just knew was going to be there. But I actually thought, like I said, it was you know going to be more one-sided toward Vegas, and we were lucky to cash uh, that team total three and a half with a goal that shouldn't have counted, to be honest. I mean, even though – the rules of distinct, distinct kicking motion, uh, you know, clearly state usually the inside of the foot, but it was the outside of the foot, and you definitely saw that moving forward. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have allowed that as a goal. I think most people wouldn't have allowed that as a goal, but uh, it stands, and Vegas has two points now. We got to clear that up. I think if you're going to allow that goal, uh, that fourth Vegas goal, you've got to be at a point now where the only goals you're disallowing in that scenario are where you've got the wind up, you know, you've got the, the you wind the skate back and then you kick it um, like a, like a soccer kick, you know, that then is, that's always going to be no goal. But if we're allowing the fourth Vegas goal last night, which is the redirect and you can turn and just, you know, basically turn it like that, then you're in a situation where that should stand all the time and you're going to have to redefine what exactly is good in, in terms of the kick, the quote unquote kicking motion. You know, yeah. you got to make sure because to me, you're at, you're getting at the point where if that's a good goal, then you're at a situation where you're only going to disallow the goal where you've got the skate coming backward and then following through forward to kick the puck. And I always thought that you could turn the skate if you're stopping, but if you're in in, in a skating stride, that would be a kick. So. Yeah. It was it was interesting. Uh, that was one of those 50-50. Like, I wasn't sure one way or the other which way uh, that was going to go. But uh, nevertheless, there's Vegas getting the uh, victory uh, last night in that game. And I'm glad you mentioned the empty net madness at the end of the Pittsburgh game. That's absolutely brutal if you had full game under six uh, in that game. And I had a piece of that, which will tell you why I don't take bet unders very often. And uh, like I said, I'm, what, I got to blacklist the unders already? After one night in the NHLC, of course, both games go over. Well, Seattle Vegas deserved to go over. Pittsburgh Tampa didn't. I mean, that was absolutely brutal. But uh, look, when you're down three, you've got nothing going for you. John Cooper felt, hey, pull the goalie, get one. Of course, can't rely on Tristan Jari to make a damn save, of course, with the uh, net empty as well. I mean, he doesn't face any shots all night. He finally faces them, and he's seeing pucks go right through him again. What else is new? Seems familiar. Sounds like some memories of a certain playoff series where that guy stunk it up, and I was on this damn show ripping him apart for it. That's what it sounds like to me. 
Uh, but nevertheless, uh, it's just a brutal beat if you had the you had the it's you got to be able when you're better and you're going through this every day and you have some really really bad beats like that. You have to always remember that even if you're going to lose some really really shitty uh, uh, results, you know, with bets like that, you have to remember that the process was good. And you had a probably a good winning bet and a good winning thought because that game was two nothing for Pittsburgh going into the third period. They made it three and, I, and that's when I started to get a little concerned when they made it three nothing just because I know goal uh, coaches are pulling the goalie now when they're down three in the third period. Sometimes they wait till the playoffs to do that stuff. Obviously, John Cooper did not. Uh, he decided to do it last night, and that's when the floodgates opened and overbetters were essentially rescued by that decision uh, by John Cooper. We welcome in Jimmy Murphy uh, as well. Jimmy, your thoughts on the uh, two games last night, the ESPN opening night coverage. What did you think? What I thought was uh, I was having trouble keeping my eyes open during that first game and getting past it. And yeah. and, and sadly, I did not. But I, I recorded it and watched it, watched it this morning with my coffee. But uh, you know what? I mean, for the first game, guys, look, um, you know, credit to Mike Sullivan. Uh, because I don't think anyone saw that coming. And, you know, the injuries he's dealing with and the guys that he has out of his lineup. And, yeah, I know Crosby and Malkin are getting old. And, you know, they're starting to – little their value is depreciating a bit, we'll say. But they're still Sidney Crosby and Malkin and probably better than most of the league. So, to have those guys out, to have the turnover you've had, to have some of the young guys in your lineup you're not used to, to have a goalie whose confidence was completely rattled last year, uh, to come out and have that type of – what I thought just was, a, like you said, the, this is the type of game we're going to see from them. They had a plan, and they stuck to it no matter what. Even when the game sl- started to change in the slightest little bit, they stayed within their structure. And I give that credit to Mike Sullivan and his staff right now. And, look, we go back to last year, guys. I thought Mike Sullivan should have got a lot more love for Coach of the Year. Uh, it, I thought he did a good job with a really battered team. And the fact that they got into that you know top slot in the East, I thought was a huge accomplishment for them. And then, obviously, he's the Team USA coach for a reason. So this is a guy, if he can keep that up and he can get that team to buy in, and we're, we're still talking about them taking games in that manner, say, in December. And in, and on top of that, he's also putting together a team for Team USA. So he's got two responsibilities now, and he's still doing that. We have to start looking at him as maybe a future as a Jack Adams, man. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself. It's one game, but that was a really well-coached game, and I thought that was a difference uh, in that game. I, I thought the Tampa Bay – and I know John, you know, John Cooper's a great coach. Congrats to his, on his extension, two-time Stanley Cup champion. We said it. I think we all agreed. Sometimes those teams in those pregame celebrations, when they raise a banner or they have a number retirement, that home team can lose concentration and come out flat. And they did, and they just could never recover. And so that's on coaching to me. So I thought the coaching was one on the Pittsburgh side. Good for him. As for the other game, guys, look, great comeback by Seattle there. And, yeah, I think they got host. I think that was completely a no goal. It, it, it was bullshit. So, you know what? In my eyes, they kind of won that game. It was a big mental win. And, and when you're an expansion team playing your first game ever, I think a mental win could be as valuable as, as a regular win as well. And that's going to help their confidence going forward. I like what I saw from them. And, hey, my boy Ryan Donato there, man. He's, he's had about nine lives in the last few years. But looks like he's taking, uh, taking advantage of that last one. I'm happy to see him get puck in the net. And you know what? He could not score another goal in his life, and he will always be remembered as yep. the first goal scorer, the first player to score a goal for the Seattle Kraken. And you, got, you, you can't you take that away from too. him. You know, his dad played in the yeah. NHL, right? Right. 
Yeah, okay. Of course. Yeah, Teddy yep. Donato was a Teddy brewer. Donato. Yep. Played, Ted uh, Donato. Yep. Yep. Of course. And uh, yeah, definitely great to see. Great to see, though. I mean, a guy that's, you know, been around the block with a bunch of different teams. It's It's been, been difficult on him. Uh, he's just, you know, he's had a trouble getting things to pan out for him so far in the NHL and for him to, you know, get that first goal for the franchise. And maybe that's going to lead to a great season for him. You never yeah. know. Sometimes all you need is something special like that to happen. And boy, you get some confidence. You work a little bit harder. You, yep. you know, your practice habits improve. And and there you go. You're off and running. It's interesting, right? And it's great you, you point that out because when he came up, he was a Bruins. Uh, I forget what Ron they got. I want to say the second, maybe. And, you know, the, all the scouts told me that he they just felt like he was, yeah, he's scoring at the college level and he's doing great there, but they also felt like maybe he just wasn't built for the NHL. He didn't have that physicality or that two-way game that you need to survive. And, you know, that's kind of been his downfall so far. And it's kind of parallel to his best friend from the Boston area, Jimmy Vesey, who's now getting another shot with the Devils. So, you know, good luck to those guys. And like you say, not a lot of pressure on him there. He can just go and – He's always going to be in history now, so he can go and have a good time with a new team, and we'll see how he does. And you know what's amazing for Seattle is it's amazing I can come out so glowingly talking about a team that lost a hockey game. That's kind of the way I feel with Seattle. Like, that was a brutal start. They bounced back. You know, they tied the game 3-3. Very, very questionable goal that shouldn't have counted that gives Vegas the lead, and they kept coming after that. And I thought after they got that very first goal when they were down and it was looking bad for them, and they made it 3-1. They really started to take it to you Vegas. You threw a live one, on. didn't you? Huh? Didn't you throw a live one on Seattle late or no? I did. Yeah, it fell yeah. short. Uh, plus 550. Uh, just for, you know. But still, I, that was a great bet at the time. He a little excitement at the end. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, they were really starting to carry the play. They had Vegas running around, you know, late second period and into the third period. So give Seattle credit. They lived up to my expectations in one area. that you got to come work and be ready to play 60-minute hockey against them to beat them. I think you're yep. starting to see that. And I don't want to go we're, now. We got a show obviously tomorrow, but I don't want to give it away completely, but I will now spoiler alert. Seattle gets win number one Thursday night in Nashville. Yep. All right. I agree. That's what I think. Seattle right, gets yeah. win number one Thursday night in Nashville uh, against the predators. Uh, they play anything close to the way they did last night. And by the way, we guys a little, what'd you think of Robin Leonard? He uh, look, he was great in some aspects, and then he was very mediocre and average. He's giving up juicy rebounds, and man. Rebound What's control that? was a problem. Yeah. I thought post to post lateral movement was sluggish, at best. And look, like I said to Alex, uh, Jimmy, he doesn't have the safety net of Mark Andre Fleury and flower power. Now nope. he's waiting and, behind him. Laurent hey guys, I'm nice backup, but Leonard's yeah. gonna have to play a lot of games this I, year. And, and play I'll well. say this quickly. I know we got to get on. I'm 100 behind what he did, and in the fact that he took it upon himself to do what the players' union never ever does. It's a whole other show we could have, but never ever sticks up for the players. So he said, "Screw this! I got to start helping out my fellow union members." And I, I'm 100 behind that. I didn't like the lean video thing, but was 100 behind that. That being said, guys, I wonder if that became a major distraction in some really critical preparation. Uh, periods there as the, as the preseason wound down and it's starting to get real. I wonder if that's playing a role right now. So it's something to watch how he bounces back in his next start. Yeah, it's like, uh, are you trying to focus on being a great goaltender? Are you trying to focus on waving the flag for the NHLPA? You know, which one is it? Uh, there's some truth to that, I think. That, yeah, uh, you can do both. That... I just would have done it a lot earlier in the offseason, not in the last two weeks, you know? <laughs> yeah, 
No, uh, I think it's a fair point, and it's yeah. a good observation, actually. Maybe that got into Robin Leonard's uh, preparedness, if you will, for uh, the beginning of the season. All he's focusing on with these issues with the players and the league off the ice. Uh, we're going to focus now on the card on the ice for Wednesday yeah. night. We've got a good one. Five games. We'll start with the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Original six rivalry playoff rematch from last year. We got the Toronto Maple Leafs about a minus 175 home favorite. Uh, six now is the total pretty much across the board. It was five and a half, but it's been a bet up to six. You wonder if two games going over the total last night played a part uh, in the movement toward the over. In fact, most of the games, uh, the totals have gone toward the over. The money has gone uh, toward the over. A lot of interesting things to talk about here going into this Habs-Leafs game. Uh, obviously, Toronto will be without Austin Matthews for this game and for at least the first three games of the year. For the uh, Montreal Canadiens, Carey Price, of course, is out for at least a month as he tends to his mental health struggles uh, off the ice. And not only that, but they're dealing with, obviously, Shea Weber being gone indefinitely, may not even play it. Another NHL game uh, with the issues uh, physically that he's battling. Uh, Joel Edmondson, who is one of the key four, if you will, on that Canadian's blue line last year, especially during the playoff run, is also out uh, for the beginning of the year. So you've got some key uh, players on both sides that are uh, going to be absent tonight. Mitch Marner, there was some worry he might not play, but he took the morning skate today for the Leafs. And game time decision, but the fact that he took the morning skate probably is better news than not that he'll – uh, be in the lineup tonight for the Leafs. As far as uh, Toronto is concerned, uh, look, uh, they were strapped against the cap, so they're going to have to hope that uh, some of these uh, cheap, you know, on the cheap additions they made in the offseason uh, ha- help out and pan out for them. And, and really, all of these guys, it's amazing that they got in the offseason, pretty much had a very, very solid preseason and played well for them. David Camp and Andre Kasha, who are going to start on the third line for the Leafs. Michael Amadio, who was so good in preseason that he knocked out Adam Brooks for a fourth line spot, which is why Adam Brooks was uh, put on waivers and picked up, believe it or not, by Montreal of all teams, Uh, Michael Bunting. They bring him in from Arizona. uh, Who's had a very good preseason and Nick Ritchie, who is uh, slow afoot in Jim to Jimmy Murphy, uh, a little bit worried about that foot speed of his, (laughs) he had a nice preseason and he's going to get that first shot right away with uh, Matthews and Marner. Although tonight it'll be Tavares and Marner. Uh, Tavares moves up to that top line center spot with Austin Matthews out the blue line. Not a whole lot of change from last year other than, you know, Zach Bogosian gone, but Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Jake Muzzin, Justin Hall, Rasmus Sandin, who I think could be one of those guys that steps into the lineup and really helps them. He's got lots of ability offensively, great puck mover, great vision, solid shot from the point, just be a little bit more physical, be a little bit tougher to, uh, battle with in front of the net. Uh, that's where he needs to improve. And of course, Jack Campbell and Peter Morozik. I like their goaltending duo this year. As far as Montreal is concerned, we know Kutkin Yemi. They lost him uh, in the offer sheet that uh, Carolina uh, threw at him. So that you're going to miss that a little bit. Christian Dvorak is the guy that they're going to ask to shoulder the load after losing a uh, Kutkin Yemi to Foley Suzuki and Caulfield. Man, could that be an amazing top line? Uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. But there's questions after that. Jonathan Drouin had a solid preseason, but look, he's got to show up this year for this team, you guys, because now the excuses are out the window now. Nobody wants to say, all right, Jonathan Drouin, we'll give you a break if you have a rough year. No, you've said you've dealt with all the issues that you've had to deal with, you know, prior to this year. You know, you got a clean slate. You know, you've really gotten uh, back on track in terms of your mental well-being. Now you got to play and you got to play well 
you know, and now the, the, the you've lost that. That's your last uh, reason for maybe saying to people, "Hey, uh, I can't. I'm not playing at my best because I'm dealing with all this stuff." Well, now we're going to see what Jonathan Drouin can truly put that, and they're going to need him to. Like they need him to contribute this year. Uh, he'll be playing with Dvorak and Anderson on the second line. Armia, Evans, Gallagher, the third line. Uh, Lekkonen, Cedric Paquette, and Matthew Perot likely the fourth line for this team. And you look at the blue line guys. We talked last year, right? It was Shea Weber. It was Jeff Petrie. It was Ben Sherratt. It was Joel Edmondson. Those were their big four. Well, now you've only got two of those guys left. You've got Petrie, Sherratt. You're going to see a lot more of Brett Kulak. Not sure that's a good thing. I'm not enamored with his defensive play at times. Uh, Jeff Petrie uh, is going to you know, still give you what you can offensively and still be solid defensively, but more of that power play guy, offensive-minded, rush the puck, move the puck good skater. And then Roma- I do like Romanov's now going to be a re- regular on this blue line. It's about time. Chris Weidman did not have a good preseason and he's going to be the sixth defenseman. So definitely problems there. I think this is a higher scoring game and I understand why this total has gone up. I mean, Toronto, I know has really improved defensively. I've talked about Montreal in our season preview shows uh, when we talked Eastern conference that I thought with Drew and looking good in the preseason with Anderson, Dvorak, Caulfield, Suzuki, Toffoli. That's a good top six that can score goals. And I think offensively, they'll be solid. I think defensively, they take a step back. And of course, you have no carry price. Jake Allen's very capable. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, with a weaker defense in front of him, you know, are they going to be able to keep the puck out of their own net as well as they did last year, especially in the playoffs? That's a question. So I like this game over the total, even at six. I will still recommend it as an official play over. As far as player props go, John Tavares taking the top line center spot. Without Matthews, more onus on him to be an offensive difference maker. I'd look at him over shots on goal tonight, John Tavares, because I think he's going to be an at willing shooter now. More now that he's going to be in a top line role, you could look at him as a goal scorer prop uh, uh, proposition as well. Maybe Tavares to score a goal. Caulfield, Suzuki. Uh, you know, anyone on that top line to fully take your pick. Josh Anderson as well. He seems to play well against Toronto. Shots on goal, points, goal score props, anything of that magnitude, any of those type of props I would look at with those Montreal Canadiens players I mentioned as well. Uh, Alex, what's your thoughts here, Habs and Leafs? Yeah, this is a, a game I'm going to stay away from the side. Obviously, we always talk about this at the beginning of the year with some teams. When you have that uh, playoff revenge uh, angle and this is definitely one of those where you know you look at how far Montreal went last year they went in this, this the exact same spot that Toronto wanted to be in all the way to the cup final uh and to have that kind of a collapse on top of it Toronto's going to come out you know guns blazing in this game but like I said it may not be uh you know enough they're missing some pieces obviously Austin Matthews is going to be uh, a key factor anytime he's out of the lineup that changes the whole dynamic for uh that Leafs offense like I said, the goaltending matchup's a, a bit shaky. Jake Allen, he's six and five lifetime against uh, the Maple Leafs. He's obviously going to be, you know, a, a decent stopgap for the next month or so uh, until Kerry, hopefully Kerry Price can come back and, and, and regain the, the starter job. I, I do think this will be a higher scoring game early. I like the first period over here at minus $1.20. But I think I would probably end up, if that cash is looking at a live total under, uh, if we can get like an eight, eight and a half, I could see this probably falling right within six uh, or, or, or six and a half. So we might be able to, to cash some value uh, getting the first period over and then coming right back with a live. Uh, that's that's the approach I have as of right now. for you. 
Yeah, definitely. I think I remember a couple of those playoff games uh, last year with these two teams uh, going that way as well, where you had some goals early and then it slowed down uh, a little bit after that. So going to be interesting to see if that uh, carries over uh, here into the uh, regular season opener between these two teams. Uh, Jimmy, any uh, what do you like here with Montreal-Toronto? Well, guys, look, uh, like you guys said, we've discussed it ad nauseum, just the, the people that Montreal Canadiens are missing. And you said, obviously, two Torontos got their best player out in Austin Matthews. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a work in progress with Montreal, uh, with this patchwork team they got going, kind of like Pittsburgh. You might come out and see them play a similar uh, style, a similar game plan there where they really try and tighten things up with no carry price back there. And then you mentioned the guys are missing on defense. I don't see them trying to make a lot of Hail Mary. So that's why I'm a little... I'm a little skeptical of the over in this, guys. I almost am leaning the other way because I, I just think that they're going to play so conservative out there. Um, and then you take out Austin Matthews out of the offense they're facing that maybe that decreases the goals here. So I'm going to actually go the other way. I'm taking the under in this game, and then I'm going to take Jimmy Puckline out of the gate. Give me the Maple Leafs, minus one and a half. Yeah, I have nothing on the side. I mean, I, I was looking to back maybe Toronto in this situation you know, face first game since the playoff loss last year. Uh, and they did beat Montreal, you know, in the season opener last year at home uh, in that game. But I'm, I'm just not going to lay minus 175 first game of the year. I'm just not going to do that. So the puck line, yeah, if you like the Leafs, definitely the puck line, a more value-laden option. I kind of feel like a 4-1 sure. game, guys. That's where I'm feeling with this game. And by the way, I see people, and Alex mentioned it there, you've been asking if we have predictions for the season, playoffs, Stanley Cup yeah. awards. You can find all that on our Patreon page, everybody. So go over there, subscribe, and you'll get that. That's right. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Nominal fee per month to uh, subscribe to that. You'll get the daily NHL Ice Guys card that we mention our plays daily. You'll get that posted on the page as well. Alex's goalie charts, totals charts, you name it. Uh, we'll have all kinds of great stats and info for you regarding the NHL, patreon.com uh, slash uh, ice guys. Yeah. Leafs and regulation. Absolutely. Yep. is uh, something you can consider here as well uh, in this game. Uh, no question. The uh, regulation number, uh, certainly you get a little bit better line for them. I would lean in that direction actually, but I'm not going to play it because I don't know, somehow, some way could, uh, could I see Montreal win this game? Absolutely. Of course. Uh, but if you like Toronto, the reg in regulation, it's around minus 120 right now. So pretty solid price there. Uh, if you like that. All right. New York Rangers, Washington Capitals. We've got That's the one uh, I'm waiting for. Yeah. I can't wait. TNT uh, double header tonight. The uh, debut of the national hockey league on Turner sports, which has never happened before. You know, with ESPN, it was return for the NHL to ESPN. This first time ever uh, for the NHL on Turner. And it starts with the Rangers and the Capitals. Uh, even money both sides, six, six and a half the total. Let's get the fun stuff out of the way first. Tom Wilson's playing, and now so is Ryan Reeves. Remember, Ryan Reeves got injured uh, down the stretch of preseason for the Rangers, but cleared to play in the opener. And you could book it that we're going to see Ryan Reeves versus Tom Wilson tonight. It'll happen. I've never felt more confident in a fight not only a fight happening in a game with two teams, but the two players in particular being involved in the fight than I am here with uh, Reeves versus Wilson. It will happen after the Buchnevich incident last year. Now, I know the guy's no longer on the Rangers, but hey, the rest of the team is still, most of the players are back, and uh, I, I, it's going to happen, I think, in this game tonight. As far as the game on the ice goes, you know, with Washington, there was a real, real scary moment there where it looked like Alex Ovechkin got seriously injured that final preseason game. But it looks like he's a game-time decision tonight. He did take the morning skate. It's kind of like with Mitch Marner of the Leafs. Game-time decision is what's being announced but and reported, but I think he is going to play when push comes to shove. 
especially with it being a national TV game. Backstrom, though, Nicholas Backstrom will not play uh, for the uh, Washington Capitals tonight uh, in this game, uh, so they will miss him. It's going to be Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Tom Wilson uh, on the top line. Mantha Eller sprung on the second line. Shiri Hendricks Lapierre, who was a guy that was drafted a couple of years ago, first round by the Capitals, twenty well last year, twenty twenty, uh, making this team and going to be the third line center between uh, Connor Shiri and T.J. Oshie on this group. So uh, good to see him make the team. They uh, they lose Brendan Dillon, of course, to the Jets uh, in the off season. So the blue line is actually a little bit less depth on it in on paper than last year. I mean. Still have John Carlson, Dmitry Orlov, Nick Jensen, uh, Justin Schultz, Jopi's healthy, uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. They're going to give more minutes to the likes of Martin Irwin and Matt Irwin and Martin Fehervary uh, in this one uh, going uh, forward. So Washington definitely uh, with a little bit less depth on the blue line going into the year. As far as the New York Rangers go, you know, this is a team where I've kind of been pumping their tires before and they've let me down. Maybe that I hope that's not the case again, but I don't think it will be. Uh, I like the direction of the team. They made the home run hire of the NHL offseason, bringing in Gerard Gallant, who has a track record. This team's immediately improving. It doesn't take Gerard Gallant long. It didn't take him long to get Florida to be better. It didn't take him long for, uh, for Vegas to be better when uh, Gallant was the coach there. And I think you're going to see immediate results. And I already like what he's doing with the lineup. Like the, the blue line has so many good young uh, defensemen that are only going to get better. Ryan Lindgren, Adam Fox, Dark Horse Norris, candidate, in my opinion, this year. Keandre Miller, uh, Jacob Truba, I think, is going to have a better year under uh, Gerard Gallant's uh, tutelage. Jared Tenorti gives them some sandpaper, which they like, of course. Patrick Nemeth, after they got pushed around a bit last year. And then up front, you know, they lose Buchnevich, lose a lot of that offense that he gives. But with Lafreniere ready to take a step this year with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, it's still an ultra-skilled and talented top line. And I love what he's doing with Capo Caco. This is a guy that is going to have a bust-out year for the New York Rangers. Capo Caco, we've been waiting on him. And David Quinn, look, I don't want to say he was terrible, but the one thing he did that was bad, it was really bad, was your burying Caco on a bottom six forward group at times last year. What are you doing that for, man? What could you possibly be thinking? How could you instill confidence in a guy that you drafted very near the top in the first round a couple years ago and have him play on the third line constantly? especially when you have a guy like Breadman, Artemi Panarin on the second line. Did you see what Panarin did to Ryan Strom last year? He turned him into like this point producer at, a, at an incredible clip. His goals, his, his point totals just skyrocketed Ryan Strom with Artemi Panarin uh, on his line uh, as his wing, as his winger. And now this year, Gerard Gallant is doing something that obviously uh, David Quinn wouldn't do or couldn't figure out to do. And that's let's put Capo Caco with our Temi Panarin on the second line. And maybe that's going to lead to better things for him offensively. And I expect that to be the case. I mean, you're not splitting the atom figuring out that, you know, Capo Caco with all the skill uh, that he's got and talent should be on a top six forward role. And now it's unfortunately for the Rangers taking Gerard Gallant to get there to figure that out. So great job by Gallant. Not surprised to see him pushing the right buttons with his lineup configuration. He's good, usually good with that. And he's going to have Capo with, uh, Caco with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom on the second line, which to me is going to be a very good and underrated second line. Look out for that group. And as far as props in this game tonight, I'm looking at Caco shots, Caco to score a goal. This is a guy that I'm targeting early and often this year 
for a much improved offensive season for the New York Rangers. As far as the side and total goes, I love the New York Rangers here. Uh, I like them at a plus price. A lot of money's come in on them. It's even money now. You've lost some value, but I still like the Rangers to get the win. I expect them to treat this like a playoff game. Not that Washington won't, but the Rangers missed the playoffs last year. Urgency sets in. I think Washington, you look at some of their advanced numbers, expected goals, not great last year. If they're that bad with the expected goal rates uh, this year as they were last year, they're not going to perform as well, in my opinion, as a team. And Vitek Vanacek and net uh, up and down. That's all you could say about his play last year. So I like the Rangers, and I think they treat this like a playoff game. we got a point to prove. These guys challenged us. They challenged our manhood. You know, if I could use that as a term last year, that with that incident that happened, and we were looked at as a soft team because of these guys. I think the Rangers take the ice tonight, guys, and they say we're pushing back and we're pushing back hard. And I think they get the job done tonight. Give me the Rangers. Uh, lean over because of the series history, 3-0-1 to the over the last four meetings. But there's other games I think could be higher scoring than this. I do think the Rangers will be improved defensively. Alex, Rangers Capitals. Yeah, this is going to be a fun game to watch. And, you know, uh, this is definitely something. I've mentioned it on this show for the last couple of years. The books are really missing a golden opportunity to have at least one, if not two different props available. I've always said there should be a prop of, will there be a fight in the game? We only see one or two nowadays. You could have this, especially with this matchup, it would be lined. Yes, would probably be, you know, minus 800 or 850. But also, I think the interesting prop for this would have been, how long will it take for Wilson and Reeves to get into a fight? You know, we could have an over under uh, uh, five minutes within the, you know, the period. I think we're going to see this happen sooner than later. They want to get this out of the way. Everybody's been, been anticipating it and looking forward to it. Uh, and that's going to really kind of set the tone for this game. But as far as the rest of, of the contest goes, I like the Rangers as well. You know, uh, I talked about it in the conference preview. I have the Rangers as a team trending up and I have the Capitals as a team going down. Uh, he said, I was not impressed with the way that uh, the last couple seasons have ended for Washington. Uh, it's a team that's getting older. You know, Ovechkin, he's more likely going to play. But, you know, now we're starting to see him take some bumps and lumps. And, and you know, he's been relatively healthy his whole career. You wonder if he's now at an age where things start to wear down a little bit. The nagging aches and pains start to build up. Uh, Nicholas Baxter, like you mentioned, he's out as well. Uh, I, I just think that's just a little bit, uh, you know, too much of firepower missing. In this kind of a rivalry, we're going to see a lot of whistles, a lot of power play chances for both teams. Uh, I would lean with the over as well, especially if Ovechkin plays, obviously. Uh, if you give him, you know, even if he's at 80%, uh, if he's going to be on a power play, he, he has a, a good chance of to score a goal. So uh, I like the Rangers here. I got them at plus 115. I still like them uh, at a pick and range. I think they should be able to get the win here. Like I said, they're going to really uh, you know, play with some urgency in this contest. All right, there we go. Liking the Rangers, Alex, in this one. Uh, Jimmy, it's a, it's, a, it's a great potential game for TNT to launch their coverage tonight because I think it's going to be spirited. There's going to be a, some, some edge to it, especially after the history last year. And it's two teams that are right on that edge of the cliff, if you will, make or miss the playoffs. You can make a case either of these teams could do both. Uh, so it's an important – it'll be a big game tonight. What do you think, Jimmy? Here's what I think, brother. Can you hear that? Can you hear this? We're yeah, going to see some TNT on TNT, boys. That's what I we're like going to see. that. Nice cuts there. TNT. <laughs> Dino Mike. <laughs> we are going to see some TNT. I can't wait for this game. I, I think that it's going to be good for hockey right off the bat. We're going to see a rivalry. Uh, 
blossom here. It's already taken it to the next level last season. It's going to go even higher this year. So I think there's going to be a great game for ratings. TNT, I think, really out of the two networks, lucked out getting this one compared to what we saw last night. Um, I, I love the Rangers in this. I'm with uh, Alex as well. There's the team trending upwards. I actually have them winning the President's Trophy this season. Uh, if you want to take a little future on that, I really love the Rangers this year, and I, I like them tonight. I'm going to actually do another Jimmy Puck line, but in the form of the reverse Puck line on this one. So give me the Rangers minus one and a half to get some great value there. And I'm with you, man. Kako's going to have a breakthrough season. I took him on my fantasy. I got him in like the second to last round. I was shocked. Uh, I, I think he's up for a great season right now. So I'm going to put a little prop on him to score today as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'm shocked Quinn never figured out. Let's put him with Panarin, a great playmaker, uh, a guy that makes the, the the line mates around him better. You know, your teammates around you better. Uh, never figure that out consistently to do that for Capo Caco. Well, Gerard Gallant has, and that's not surprising to me. So he's now going to be surrounded by players that are going to put him in a better position to have offensive success. And now you watch Caco have a good year. I would, uh, I expect that fully uh, to him for him to be a very, very good uh, offensive weapon this year for uh, the New York uh, Rangers. Who, by the way, if you want to join Jimmy on that Rangers puck line minus one and a half, that's plus two fifty uh, on that. Uh, if you like. Uh, the Rangers. By the way, uh, the TNT, uh, it'll be Kenny, uh, Eddie Olchuk, uh, and uh, Keith Jones calling this game on uh, TNT tonight. Uh, so look forward to that. And the studio tonight, by the way, it's a loaded studio. I'm, and it's a big studio. Like they've shown like yeah. pictures and images. We saw it in the preseason. So they've got enough room to fit five guys, but there's going to be five people uh, in the studio tonight. The host, Liam McHugh, Wayne Gretzky, Rick Tockett, Anson Carter and Paul Bissonette, a little biz nasty as well uh, on the uh, TNT studio tonight. I think that's got the potential to be a nice uh, little crew there. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see how that uh, goes for the uh, TNT studio show, which look, there's a lot of hype and anticipation for that because of what we've seen with the NBA guys on TNT uh, for the last several years. And by the way, Charles Barkley, a special guest tonight uh, on the NHL coverage on uh, TNT, not a shock. And he is a, he's a legit huge hockey fan. He really does love the sport. He isn't bullshitting when he said during the playoffs in the NBA two years ago that I was trying to watch some hockey playoffs uh, during the uh, in the green room when the uh, we were doing the NBA uh, studio coverage during the playoffs. So uh, it's going to be fun. I'm I'm very excited to see what TNT uh, has uh, up their sleeve on uh, their first uh, night of broadcasting NHL hockey tonight. Uh, next up, as we continue along here, we've got the uh, Winnipeg Jets and the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, we've got Winnipeg minus 140 uh, road favorites in this one, five and a half the total. If I was going to bet for sure or say there was one game that I think could stay under the total tonight. Now, keep in mind, you know, under certainly you're taking your life in your hands at times betting unders in the uh, NHL. But this could be that game. I mean, you do have two legitimate good defensive teams. Anaheim, you know, that is where their strength is. And I'm still going to struggle to score goals. That was an issue for Anaheim last year. I don't know if it's going to get markedly better for them uh, this year. Uh, they're going to have to hope these youngsters really step up for uh, this uh, Anaheim team. I mean, you look at their power play group and Getzlaff, Maxime Comtois, uh, Ricard Raquel. Uh, they do like Jamie Drysdale quite a bit. Trevor Zegras, of course, is going to have his first full year uh, in the NHL uh, this season. So those are the guys they are going to have to get it done offensively because after that, you know, Jakob Silverberg's best days are behind him. His offense went in the tank last year. 
Troy Terry's too streaky. Adam Henrique is going to chip in here or there, but he's not going to carry you offensively. So it's going to be up to uh, Comtois, Zegras, Raquel, Getzlaff. That group really be so good offensively because there's not much scoring-wise beyond them. You look at the Winnipeg Jets. Paul Maurice uh, back as the head coach, one of my favorites in the sport. Uh, Kevin Day off the GM. He's done a great job, I think, making this blue line uh, better in the offseason. You bring in Brendan Dillon from Washington. You bring in Nate Schmidt. These are two veteran good blue liners to help this Winnipeg team. You don't have to ask and rely on Josh Morrissey and uh, Logan Stanley and Nathan Beaulieu and Neil Pionk uh, quite as much, although Neil Pionk took a huge step forward last year for the Jets. Uh, I thought he had a very good season on the blue line for Winnipeg. Winnipeg does have a couple uh, key cogs out to begin the year. Uh, specifically Mark Shifley. Uh, he is still serving that suspension carrying over from last year in the playoffs against Montreal. So uh, Mark Shifley will serve that suspension, the final game of it, and then he'll be back uh, over the weekend. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers, great year last year for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. There was some concern he would be out tonight with an upper body injury, but Maurice says he's good to go. He'll play with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Andrew Kopp on the second line. Kyle Connor, Paul Stastny, Blake Wheeler, uh, on the uh, top line. Uh, definitely, this is a game where I like Kyle Connor to score a goal. I think he's def- especially with Shifley out. Connor is a guy you expect more from. Watch out for Jansen Harkins. He had a nice preseason, scored a few goals. He's going to get more opportunity on a third line with Adam Lowry and Cole Perfetti, you know, a guy that was a high draft pick of the Jets a couple years ago. I know that's going to be a quote unquote checking line, that third line for the Jets, but Perfetti's got offensive upside. So does Jansen Harkins. So, you know, watch out for those two guys to be maybe uh, impactful players uh, offensively for this team. So keep an eye on both of them. Uh, I like Winnipeg here a little bit. I mean, minus 140, especially with this line having dropped a little bit. I think there's some concern that people have with Shifley out. Uh, it's going to be a great goaltender matchup with Connor Hellebuck and John Gibson. You would think that's going to be your goalie matchup, even though it's not confirmed. But I think the Jets are the better of these two teams. I'm very high on the Jets, as I mentioned in the Western Conference preview. And these are teams you should be able to beat, uh, even if you're missing a guy like Mark Shifley. Uh, You've still got more than enough offense to go around, an improved defense. And I think minus 140, fair enough price for me to lay it here with the Winnipeg Jets here uh, in this game tonight. Alex, uh, what are your thoughts here, Winnipeg-Anaheim? Well, like you mentioned, Anaheim's offense is is damn near non-existent, uh, at least on paper right now. And, and, you know, that could change. Like I said, Zegras is definitely a, a growing talent for sure. And like I said, there's some guys that can chip in at times, but there's nothing of a uh, consistent, uh, you know, threat that we see on, on this top six. Uh, and then you look at, like I said, Shifley being out for Winnipeg. That That's a bit of a blow for the, for the opener. Winnipeg, more known to be a defensive-minded team and, and try to grind games out uh, rather than blowing teams out. And if you look at the history, there's a couple of outliers in, in this history where we've seen Winnipeg with a huge blowout win and Anaheim with a huge blowout win. But other than that, these are relatively close one-score meetings against one another with Winnipeg winning eight of the last ten. I like the draw here. Uh, at plus 305 or plus 310. I think this is going to be a traditional goaltending battle. You've got two of the best going with John Gibson uh, and Connor Hellebuck. I think they're going to, you know, be locked in and focused. And the thing with John Gibson is that, you know, he's fresh and, and ready now. 
over time, he, you know, his team's going to give up, you know, 40 shots. He's got to make a ton of saves and then he's going to start wearing down. And then that's when we see Anaheim go completely in the tank. But as of right now, this is as fresh and healthy as, as you'll see him. Uh, he should be able to make some big saves tonight. So I can see us being a 2-2 or 3-3 game after 60. So I'm going to go with that three-way draw. All right, you can get plus 320 on that in some spots. So really good price if you like the uh, draw between the Jets and the Ducks. Uh, Jimmy, Winnipeg-Anaheim. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, look, guys, Anaheim's, it's not going to be fun again, right? I mean, they're just, they don't seem to be headed in the right direction. I don't even know what they're calling it out there right now. You know, they, they seem to not want to accept the rebuild and they keep prolonging it. It's like, just accept where you are and move on and, and get your organization back on track. I mean, look at what Detroit did since CBY got back there. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a rough season for them. They're definitely a bet against team this year. Uh, I'm looking at this game, though. I, I agree with uh, Alex. It could be a tight defensive game. could be a boring game, to be honest. Um, and you never know. They, sometimes they hang around. It's the first game. Mistakes happen. No stifling, like you said. Uh, but I am going to go with the Jets, except I'm going to take them in regulation uh, to win this game. I could see a low-scoring game, and they pull away in regulation. Yeah, I, I, I like that, too. I like that, too. Winnipeg plus 115 in regulation. I was safer. Uh, at minus 140 full game money line because I'm kind of worried to Alex's point about liking the draw in this game I am kind of worried about that overtime possibility I, I could I could because I could easily see Winnipeg winning an overtime or a shootout but I like the under as well but yeah. I'm gonna we'll see yeah definitely I would lean under again a little hesitant a little gun shy right with unders night. after what we saw uh, <laughs> last night uh, for obvious reasons but uh, yeah I could see it uh, for sure in this game by the way another reason why I'm okay with laying this price on the road with Winnipeg Anaheim was six and 22 at home last year that's pretty bad I mean six wins for the entire year for the Anaheim Ducks on home ice so not good uh by any stretch of the imagination and with the Jets to me the superior team that's you know teams that don't have a home ice edge don't be scared uh, to go against them at home and that's kind of what I think with Anaheim uh, coming into the year. All right, before we get to our last two games, the uh, late national TV doubleheaders, the Rogers Sportsnet in Canada doubleheader game, Vancouver-Edmonton, the TNT doubleheader game, Chicago-Colorado. We'll get to those in just a minute. we got to mention DraftKings. You know, we're another week into the NFL season. It's another shot to win big at DraftKings, official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last scoreless tie in the NFL was in 1943. And I got to say, by the way, maybe a while before we see that again, uh, maybe never, you know, with the way offenses and quarterbacks play uh, in the National Football League. But yes, the last scoreless tie in the NFL was 1943. So basically, uh, it's a no brainer. If the sports book isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty handed. Uh, everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with your very first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Throw down just $1. That's it. One buck on any NFL game, and you can win a hundred dollars in free uh, in free bets if either team scores a point. Which, let's be honest, it's not asking a lot. Uh, that's the promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner uh, of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum five dollar deposit and one dollar wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. 
And if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So DraftKings Sportsbook, sign up and use the promo code THPN. All right, let's go to Vancouver and Edmonton. Uh, what a game this should be uh, tonight uh, between these two teams. Looking forward to it. Uh, the Oilers minus 180, home favorites, six and a half, the total in this game. And I say that because I think Vancouver playing possum with everybody coming into this year. Like we know that was a year where everything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Vancouver Canucks making the playoffs two years ago. They didn't reach that last year. It was a, a disappointing year. They struggled early. They never got the train on the tracks. COVID-19 strikes the team late in the year. Just a lot of things didn't go right uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. So a potential rebounding rebound year we'll see. Uh, but, you know, I like some of what they've done. I like that they've got the uh, deal done with uh, Elias Pettersson, uh, Tanner Pearson, Bo Horvat, Connor Garland, uh, your top line. Uh, this year for the Canucks, JT Miller, who didn't have a good year last year. Let's see if he can bounce back for the Canucks this year with Pedersen and Alex Jason. I think having Pedersen back will make JT Miller uh, probably a better player this year, get him bounce, uh, to bounce back uh, and get back on track. Uh, Jason Dickinson was a nice uh, addition as well. Niels Hoaglander, a guy with a lot of upside. And watch out for a guy that's going to start, believe it or not, for Travis Green on the fourth line. But they are raving about that kid, Vasily Pudkolzin here for Vancouver. Uh, they think a high amount of talent, skill, uh, vision on the ice, uh, and we'll see uh, how he is. Remember, he's a number 10 overall pick of the Canucks back in 2019. He's played in the KHL, so he's played with professionals, played in a pro league. You know, it's not going to be awestruck him playing now in the NHL uh, because of that experience in the KHL. Uh, uh, in Russia. So I think that's good for him on the blue line. They've tweaked things. Uh, you know, Luke Shen brought in Tucker Pullman from the Winnipeg jets. And of, of all, of course they deal with Arizona for as Don Cherry calls him, Oliver Lawson toss him. Of course, talking about uh, Oliver uh, Ekman Larson, I smile and laugh every time I say that it's just so bloody funny. Uh, but yes, Oliver Ekman Larson uh, now with the Vancouver Canucks, I'll be honest. By his standards, he didn't have a great year last year. So we'll see if it's any. Maybe I think a change of scenery is going to make him better because I think he wanted out of Arizona. I think he made no secret of that. You know, change of scenery to help him. You know, with Edmonton, Zach Hyman, great addition, uh, obviously, uh, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And he's going to be an impact. He's going to do all the grunt work to get the puck free for all the skilled players he's going to play with uh, this year uh, for McDavid, for Dreisaitl, Nuge, Yamamoto, Pugliarvi, whoever the case may be. Uh, you know, they bring in, of course, Warren Fogle from Carolina. Nice addition. You look at the blue line, Darnell Nurse got paid. He's going to have to continue to maintain that high level of play we saw from him last year. Can he? That's the question now. A, he's had one amazing year. Now you've been paid, and he's a Hamilton guy, so I'm rooting for him. But now you got to show you can keep it up. Tyson Berry was a good fit for this team. Duncan Keith, yeah, tail end of his career. Not what he once was, but good leadership for this team. Uh, Chris Russell, Evan Bouchard. I don't mind their blue line, but they will miss Adam Larson, who, of course, departed from last year. Really, Mike Smith, what are you going to get from him this year? Ends up being a big question. That was the best goaltending season he's had in years last year. Can he maintain that high level of play? Another year older, a lot of games maybe. Koskinen's still the backup. You can't always rely on him. So that's going to be interesting to see. Look, I liked Edmonton uh, this year. I think it's adventurous, though, making the minus 180. Uh, in this opener. And I really think Vancouver, just the wheels fell apart. Everything went wrong last year. I think they have the potential to be at least in the Western conference and certainly in the Pacific division, one of the more improved teams this year. I'm taking a shot at this plus price with the Canucks tonight uh, at around this plus plus one sixty tag. 
lean over because I don't trust the defenses and the goaltending. Although I like Demko. Demko could have a really good year, but I don't trust Edmonton's goaltending and Smith maybe to be as good this year. So I think we'll see goals. Six and a half with juice is not exactly a bargain, but I'll have a small bet on the over six and a half as well. And I'm going to take a shot with Vancouver here, plus 160 to plus 170. Uh, in this game Alex uh, what do you like here Canucks and Oilers yeah it's been an interesting game and like you said Vancouver the team that just had everything go wrong for them last year I think you know their fortunes will turn around uh this year like the Dasher Demko uh, he's gonna have a, a, a much better year I like the signing of Halak uh as his backup and that'll kind of help him you know help groom him into uh, a better number one starter overall and you mentioned about uh Colson. you know every year we always see someone from the KHL emerge uh, as a you know a, a legitimate scoring threat in this league, going back to Artemi Panarin, Dominic Kubalik, Kirill Kaprizov last year, I think uh, Pekolzin could possibly be one of those guys to maybe chip in. Now he won't be a thirty or forty goal guy, but I think he'll you know be able to adapt well and find his footing sooner than later uh, with this Canucks lineup. Like you said, Edmonton's a team that I've had circled even before they made the trade to get Duncan Keith uh, as a team that's going to be you know trending to the over. But once they added him as well, I, I just see this being a team that, yeah, they're going to be in a, a lot of shootouts. It's going to be a lot of high-scoring, 6-5, 7-6 games. They're going to get some goals from their offense, but they're going to give them right back up. Uh, so I like this first period over, even at two, and a plus price, you get a plus 115, plus 120. I think we're going to see some goals here early. Uh, I'm not going to touch the side. I, I definitely could see a case for Vancouver at, uh, at a plus price. And if you were to take Edmonton, the only way you could do it with any uh, you know decent price would be in regulation. But I'm just going to stay out of that altogether. I'm just going to go with the first period over. All right, first period over for Alex. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Canucks, Oilers. I love the Canucks in this one. I, I think that they can definitely sneak up on this team right now. I, I You made a great point, Ian. It's one of the things I've been looking at, and I'm going to continue to follow closely, is the value you get with the Canucks and see how – because I, I think they're going to be much better this year, much improved. And, it, you know, sometimes we have those teams where it takes a little bit for, for the bookmakers to catch on uh, that they are improved. So you can really steal some games early on there. So keep an eye on that with the Canucks. I'm taking them straight on the side here, and I'm also going to take – uh, the first period over there with Alex. All right, Vancouver Canucks money line, and also liking that first period over, as does uh, Alex here uh, in this game. Uh, Pod Colson plus four twenty five to score a goal. I'm looking at right now in the goal score props. Mm. I'm interested in that shots. I'm interested in that. That's a guy that we're looking at here, just to maybe take take maybe the, the league take the uh, Pacific Division by uh, not storm, but by surprise a little bit with maybe how unexpectedly ready he is when you play in the KHL, man. You know, and you've played professionally, you know, already, uh, you're not going to be you're going to be ahead of the curve when you lace it up for the first time uh, in the you NHL. Hope. Yeah, you hope. you hope definitely. And we've, I think we've seen some other cases, i.e. Uh, Gusev. Uh, yes, you hope that's true. I mean, and yeah. look, Gusev didn't even stick with the Leafs. They gave him a look in the preseason and uh, they didn't even yeah. make didn't even Remember how hyped he was post. a couple yeah. years back. He was. Yeah. And just like, nothing at all. And uh, the writing was on the wall when New Jersey got yeah. rid of them. New Jersey's crying out for yeah. game breakers and offensive game breakers, difference makers, and he couldn't make it there. Uh, definitely tells you what you need to know about maybe how it wasn't working out with him. All right, final game. You could argue we saved the best for last. I mean, this game was going to be absolutely – there's a lot of good games on paper tonight, uh, but this is definitely one of them. The second game of the TNT doubleheader, uh, Chicago-Colorado – Colorado minus 200 to minus 220 uh, home favorites uh, six the total shaded to the over keep in mind some books that posted 
opening night NHL lines very early, way earlier than everybody else at one time had Colorado minus 315 in this game uh, as a favorite. And we've just seen a steady drop, a precipitous drop. We saw Colorado go below minus 300, down to minus 275, to minus 250, to minus 225, to minus uh, 200, to even minus 190s that we're seeing now uh, with Colorado. And well, Nathan McKinnon, everybody's going to react when they see he's not going to play. Uh, and that's the case tonight for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. He will be uh, missing at least this game uh, with COVID-19 uh, issues uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. That's the first part. Uh, the second part is everybody's loving what they're seeing from Chicago and what they did uh, in the offseason and the improvement here with this team. It's going to be really fun to watch what we see from uh, the Chicago Blackhawks this year. Uh, it looks like their lineup now, it's going to be, it was interesting to see how Jeremy Colleton was going to configure this group, but he, uh, of course, one of the big additions was Tyler Johnson, you know, multiple Stanley cup champion with Tampa Bay lightning, uh, a guy that maybe his offensive game has sort of dropped off the last year or two, but again, you know, he's been on a team that's got incredible forward depth. Well, now he's going to be given a chance at least early on by Jeremy Colleton to get a one, uh, a top line role on this Chicago Blackhawks team. It looks like he's going to be centering the top line group with Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane uh, to begin the year. So Tyler Johnson, you know, Jeremy Colton's going to just rely on that experience that, Hey, you know, you, you down year in Tampa, maybe last year in the regular season, but guess what? You know, you're buried on a team that's got incredible, uh, a group of forwards. Now you got a chance to be more of a starring lead role again, like you were earlier in your career uh, with the lightning. So interesting to see what we get from, Tyler Johnson here with Kane and Debrinket. Jonathan Taves back again for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks this year. It's going to be great to see him back. And I know Blackhawks fans, including our very own uh, Alex B. Smith, happy to have uh, Jonathan Taves back. Looks like he's centering a line with Philip Kurashev and Dominic Kubalik uh, coming into this year, which is very good. Uh, could be an excellent line. And the fact now you've got Kirby Dock centering the third line. And we know how what the capabilities and the upside are long-term for Kirby. Uh, with this team. I mean, very, very impressive group they could be. And Dylan Strom last year had a nice year for the Chicago Blackhawks. The guy's starting the year, you know, on a fourth line here for the uh, Blackhawks. Uh, and when you look at uh, what he's uh, done the last couple of years, he's been certainly done more than he did at Arizona. They're trying to trade him right now, Ian. No question about yep, that. That's right. yep. Isn't that crazy? It, it's it's weird. It's just because of all of a sudden, Jimmy, all these moves they've made. You bring in Tyler Johnson, you you make these moves. You get Jonathan Taves back, who you didn't have all the last year. Kirby Doc's going to be now a full time uh, uh, player in this on this team. You know, a full time yep. role uh, in this lineup. You know, and all of a sudden, it's basically shoved Dylan Strome back. You know, down the lineup a little bit. Uh, and if you can get something good for him, because I think he will, he's an asset that will get you get something decent back at least uh, in return for a uh, Dylan Strom if he's traded. So interesting if that's done and watch out for Mackenzie Antwistle as well. You know, it's a guy that actually played for the Hamilton Bulldogs junior hockey down the road from me here uh, and played well. So uh, he's a guy waiting in the wings. If there's injuries for Chicago, uh, the blue line, Jake McCabe, don't laugh because he came from Buffalo. I don't want to hear any uh, uh, crude remarks here, but Jake McCabe is a solid defenseman and he was just buried on a horrendous franchise. He is actually pretty solid in his own zone. He's going to help them in that regard. Calvin DeHaan, you always talk about how good he and better he, one of the better plus defenders he is for this Blackhawks team. Stillman, of course, Seth Jones brought in, and of course, the flower, uh, Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, that's a lot to like with this group. Uh, there's no question. The, the question is, are they ready for Colorado? 
uh, in this very first game. And Colorado's one team that can withstand McKinnon being out. You've still got Landeskog, Kadri, Rantanen, Nachushkin, Comfer, Burakovsky. I think Nazem Kadri, who takes the top center role tonight with McKinnon out, look at the up increased ice time he'll get, shots on goal props, maybe to score a goal, Kadri as well. I mean, you always look for those changes in the lineup that you can take advantage of if you're going to bet player props. Kadri's going to get a lot more responsibility, top line center, Uh, for him tonight for Colorado between Landeskog and Rantanen, where McKinnon usually is. So you probably look at value on Kadri props tonight. Shots on goal, you know, maybe points, maybe to score a goal, things like that. Uh, Alex Newhook, watch out for him. Another young player with a lot of upside. What else is new for Colorado? I like Darren Helm. No one talks about Darren Helm. Darren Helm's an old foot soldier. He's been with Detroit his whole career. He's won Stanley Cups. He's going to be a great fourth-line player for them, and he can still very fast great two-way player a nice addition by Sackick bringing Darren Helm in the blue line they're going to miss Devon Taves Devon Taves one of their better defenders you know and he's not going to be ready to begin the year but still obviously Bowen Byram's healthy to begin the year finally Eric Johnson is Ryan Murray Jack Johnson Kale McCarr Sam Gerrard still a very good blue line but they will miss the defensive ability in his own zone that shutdown ability of Devon Taves. And now Darcy Kemper transitions into the number one goaltender role after Philip Grubauer departed uh, and uh, Colorado picked up Kemper from Arizona. So there's still going to be a very formidable foe for Chicago, but I, I can understand why people hopped on Chicago earlier on. There was some value there. It's probably a close game. I think Colorado could have some issues early in the year without Taves on the back end, give up more chances and goals. And without McKinnon, obviously, you're always going to miss him. So there's an opportunity here for Chicago to compete and maybe uh, pull off the outright uh, upset win here on the road in Denver to begin the year. So I will have some kind of a smaller bet now with the best of the price having gotten away. But, you know, I still like Chicago for some kind of bet here. Plus 190 uh, is what you can get in most spots. Actually, it's down to plus 170 now uh, at most uh, sports books, but still a solid price on Chicago. And I definitely think we get goals here. And I know Chicago's got the potential to be improved defensively this year, but this is still a lot of new faces on the blue line. You got to get your chemistry, your timing down with your defensive pairing and your partner like Seth Jones, for instance, like Jake McCabe, good defenders, but you got a new partners, new team. It could be a defensive transition. There'll be a good, better defensive blue line in time, but it may not happen right here on the road against a very potent Colorado team. So I think it goes over the total, and I do like a little bet on Chicago here, plus 170. Alex, Blackhawks, Avs. Yeah, this is going to be a fun game to watch, and, and you know I'm really excited. I think all, all Hawks fans are excited to see uh, what this lineup can do. Like you said, every, you know, every gap and issue that the Hawks had the last two seasons uh, has pretty much been addressed. You know, we finally have some decent defenders. We've got a, a hall of fame goaltender. Uh, you know, the, the, like I said, we have center depth now for, you know, we was trying to find, you know, a guy who could win face forever. <laughs> it's the fact that Kirby doc is now on the third line just tells you that uh, we've got talent and spades for the first time, arguably since 2015 the last time that we won a Stanley Cup so uh it, it's going to be interesting to see like I said you know it's not going to be an, a, an overnight flip this team's not automatically going to become a Stanley Cup contender in, in, in one game but this is a great test going on the road against a rival uh and a division foe and a team that everybody's trying to give the Stanley Cup to already uh in Colorado so this would be a, a great boost for the Hawks to get a win here I grabbed plus 256 back in mid-August 
Uh, I, I just thought that was an insane number. And uh, I got a piece of that. And then I hit it again at plus 235 about maybe two and a half weeks ago. Uh, and, and and that number dropped initially because they announced that Pablo Francois was out uh, last week for, you know, until late November. Now he's the backup goalie. But the thing is, if you look at how spaced out Colorado's schedule is, they're only going to play seven games in October. They've got a bunch of gaps where it wasn't necessarily a given that Darcy Kemper is just going to start every game. So it was kind of up in the air, you know, with Francois obviously coming back off of an injury uh, and having that surgery. You didn't know if they were going to just throw him in night one or, or you know, uh, how they were going to balance it out. But now this is something to keep an eye on moving forward. It's going to have to be Kemper for five, six, seven games or less they turn to Johansson uh, against a weaker team. And we know, you know, the injury concern for Darcy Kemper, he's had uh, some bumps and issues as well. If he goes down, that's a, a, a big knock on this Avalanche team moving forward. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, obviously, no Nathan McKinnon, but like I said, they have enough talent and firepower. Nazem Kadri is definitely a guy I would look possibly take a shot with him scoring a goal. Obviously, everybody kind of blamed him for here he goes again in the postseason with another cheap shot hit, getting suspended, and, and you know taking himself out of a lineup and you know possibly taking away a chance for Colorado to get to that you know next level of making a conference final or making a cup run. Uh, I think he's going to, you know, play with that pressure and kind of use that to his advantage and, and try to do something positive on the ice tonight. So I'd look for him to score a goal, but ultimately I think Chicago finds a way to get the win here. All right, there we go. Uh, and like in the Kadri uh, angle as well, just like me, I think Kadri props are worth looking at tonight. And uh, that's the difference this year in the show. Uh, definitely going to be, at least for me, more cognizant of player prop opinions. I'm going to try to throw it a lot more player prop opinions and not just goal score props, shots on goal points, all kinds of other things. And I've mentioned a bunch already uh, in a lot of these games. So uh, the only thing is I'll be looking to bet. I'm definitely going to be a more active NHL player prop better uh, this year. Uh, there's no question uh, about that. Last night, I didn't do much with them because I thought the games would be lower scoring. Tonight, there I think there are a lot more opportunities here with the uh, player props uh, options. You know, a lot of the games tonight taking place across the board. Uh, Jimmy, uh, what do you like? This should be a good one. Chicago, Colorado. Yeah, you know what? I love I love overtime in this game, guys. I I think it's going to be a good back and forth game. I think we're also going to see great goaltending. Uh, this is going to be a fun game to watch. It just stinks. It's uh, ten o'clock Eastern for us here, but I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, I like overtime in this. And I also I don't know where I'm looking for it, but got a feeling that Colorado is going to have a bigger margin in shots. So I would love to take the over on flurry saves if I could find that there. I couldn't find it anywhere, but. Um, I saw one for Kemper, but not Flurry. Flurry saves 28 and a half. There you go. 28 and a half, so go yeah. over. That's what I'm saying. There you go. I face a lot of rubber tonight. Yeah, 24 and a half for uh, Darcy Kemper, uh, by the way, uh, in that game tonight. Uh, and goaltender confirmations, just quickly. Uh, Jake Allen and Jack Campbell confirmed for the Montreal-Toronto game. We have mm -hmm. Vitek Banachek confirmed for Washington. None yet for the Rangers, but expected to be Igor Shesterkin. Uh, it is Marc-Andre Fleury for Chicago, duh, uh, and uh, Darcy Kemper uh, for Colorado uh, in the Blackhawks-Avs game. Thatcher Demko, Mike Smith, uh, the goalies in Vancouver and Edmonton. And for Winnipeg Anaheim, we expect Connor Hellebuck, though not confirmed, and John Gibson has been confirmed for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. So there's your goalies tonight. And by the way, your broadcast crew in Colorado tonight on TNT, uh, Brendan Burke, who actually the more I listen to that guy, the more he's getting really good. He's really, really good, that guy. And he's the Islanders' television voice. He keeps getting better. Brendan Burke, Darren Pang, and Jamal Mayers 
going to be the crew uh, for the uh, Colorado and Chicago game on TNT tonight. So that should be a good one. And uh, here's Jimmy belly aching about uh, being late 10 PM Eastern. You got to adjust to my bedtime, my friend, 2 AM Eastern time. When I go, to sleep. that's the, that's how it's done. Come on, man. You got to get with it here. I know. <laughs> yeah although sometimes you're, you're not 47 price. either no, that's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> true say as a, as a, no well, i got a little you bit start uh, getting these coming in and we you know we'll, we'll see what you're saying there, right. <laughs> although i pay the price for those 2 a.m eastern bedtimes yeah they might, these oh, might yeah. come quicker than you plan <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. no i'm always a late late night uh late no, night I'm guy yeah. i'm up anyhow yeah, yeah. same no, absolutely. And hey, these are if there's a hey, if there's one night to make plans to stay up later, this could be the night if you're yeah, a this is it fan. in terms of yeah. the gameplay for sure. For yeah, sure. I mean, you got great early games Montreal, Toronto, Rangers, Washington, and, and you've got some Nick, Chicago, Colorado, Vancouver, Edmonton late in the night. Uh, absolutely outstanding. I know poor Winnipeg Anaheim gets buried, but hey, maybe that game is going to surprisingly be good. Yeah, too. you never know. You never yeah. know. But uh, nevertheless, uh, great stuff. It's great to be, you know, breaking down a, a bigger card like this for the first time uh like we did on this show today jimmy and alex my colleagues we've been doing this for years we really thank everybody that tunes in daily yeah. on youtube downloads the podcasts we really much appreciate that for sure we very much appreciate it and thanks to everybody in the chat i know alex will type in our youtube chat when we do this show i don't get to do that as much because i'm hosting i got the notes going i'm trying to keep the uh flow of the show in order so i don't get to bounce into the chat as much as i'd like but just know you know the the people that are here all the time oz b gregory russo ron crawford jarek uh you know there's uh how we feeling uh every daniel singer everybody that joins us in the chat proline king uh, and uh, tunes in Michael Robertson. We all appreciate it. And everybody that downloads the J stone nine, uh, we appreciate each and every one of you, Ed Drake and company, Alex Ramirez, uh, all of you that tune in live on YouTube and also download the podcast version uh, of the show. Uh, if you can't watch live, uh, we appreciate that. And we are the only, and we're proud to say this. We are the only hockey betting show and there's a million now i'm stunned <laughs> i can't believe my eyes now on youtube this morning there's like 70 hockey shows now for betting now just yeah. betting. it's like yeah. it's exploded and last year there was us and a couple others that was it last year and now this year there's 70 of them but who's the one the one and only the original one that's here seven days we're a the week. seven days <laughs> a week every day we're here for you guys seven <laughs> days a week and we're the originals yeah the og gangsters if you will of NHL <laughs> hockey betting shows. And we're here seven days a week, Monday to Friday, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. Uh, and uh, we're thrilled uh, that another NHL season is back. So that's a wrap. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in. A reminder, if you can't watch the Ice Guys live on YouTube, you can download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Uh, make sure you download the podcast if you can't watch the show live. Oh, yeah, Best Bets. Shoot, almost yeah. forgot. <laughs> I was going to sign off before doing Best Bets. Uh, best Bet, yes. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like, Best Bet? Uh, let's go with the Hawks. Uh, even though at plus 190, I mean, that number's been beaten down. You're not going to see a, a, a line move uh, like that happen unless you put up a number two months in advance. So, uh, But there's still great value with the Hawks at, at plus price here on the road against a, a division rival. They're going to come out guns blazing and get two points here. All right, Chicago going big dog hunting with the Chicago Blackhawks, plus 170 uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, you're up next. What do you like? Best bet. 
Give me that Rangers reverse puck line, guys. Can't beat that value. And I just, I really feel like they're going to come out and uh, take care of business against the Capitals. I, you know, Alex said it as well. I'm just not high in this Capitals team. I think they're headed in the wrong direction. And that wrong direction starts tonight. All right. Rangers minus one and a half plus 250 puck line for Jimmy Murphy yeah. in this one. And I'm the Rangers too for my best bet. But you'll, Mr. Conservative, Mr. Cautious, uh, Ian Cameron here. Just the money line here. Minus 110 uh, New York Rangers uh, against the uh, Washington Capitals. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, make a, a quick note, because if you shop around, it's at a pick and range. So you yep. may not need to do the reverse puck line if uh, if they're favored. You know, you might just yes. want to do the regular puck line. But So, Jimmy, you're, you're inflecting the plus price at minus yep. a goal and a half. So, so shop around. You might need the reverse if it's a plus price. You may not if it's already a, a chalk price. So there you go, New York. Yes, and New York Rangers. You can actually still get it at minus one hundred six uh, as well in some spots. So make sure you uh, shop around for that. New York Rangers, my best bet, and uh, n- not best bet, but a bold prediction. I have, uh, maybe not. I think it's a bold prediction because of you know it's a guy that's disappointed. But Capocacco scores a goal tonight uh, for the New York Rangers. There you go. And uh, remember, I mentioned a bunch of props. So if you missed it earlier in the show, make sure uh, you uh, t- uh, check back earlier in the show. We mentioned a bunch of player props that I like. Uh, across the board tonight all right great show uh, thanks to everybody for uh, tuning in and or listening and we will be back with you on thursday 2 p.m eastern for another edition of the ice guys for jimmy murphy and alex b smith i'm ian cameron have a great wednesday night enjoy the games and good luck and we will talk to you again on thursday for another edition of the ice guys presented by the hockey podcast network 